Hello, it's the Kane Violation. Sam Kane here. With me is frequent guest of the podcast, Alex Kane, a.k.a. Cousin Alex. Thank you for coming back on, Alex. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me back. So, we first planned on doing this two weeks ago, and the idea was that we were going to shit on the Celtics, but they've kind of gone on a five-game win streak since then, so change of plans, I guess? Yeah, the timing is rough. I feel like this happened last time we did this, too. Good things were happening, and we really we were anticipating, complaining, and shitting on them for weeks ahead of time, and then they go on a little run, have a couple of good wins, and it kind of takes the, the air out of our sails, but I'm still, I'm still skeptical. Same here. Yeah, this, this team has broken my heart way too many times this season. Uh, I am not ready to say we've turned the corner completely yet, but it's looking good. It's looking good. Um, so we will certainly be talking about the Celtics and other trade deadline rumors. Uh, I mean, this is like Christmas week for NBA fans, honestly. Um, but first, we got to talk about the Charlotte Hornets because it's their week. It's it's their turn to get burned. No, nah, I, don't, I don't really uh, trash teams like I used to. But, <laughs> you know. We'll, we'll, we'll be nice. We'll be nice. I know it's a, a team that's never won a championship. Never. I don't. I don't think this team ever made it out of the second round. Actually, so. Um, but they have a bright future. So here's the log line for the Hornets right now. They're twenty-eight and six, ninth in the East. Have lost four games in a row. Got blown out last night by the Miami Heat. So not looking great for MJ's team. So uh Alex, let's start by looking over the players' salaries and then we'll kind of work our way down the list from the highest paid to lowest paid. And you know, if we get sidetracked then uh, you know, who cares? It happens. <laughs> All right. So highest paid player is former Celtic Gordon Hayward making oh, 29 million buckaroos. Now, Alex, if you had the guess, do you think Gordon Hayward has scored more than 29 points this season? I would say no, he hasn't. I I was inclined to say the same thing. I had to go on basketball reference and look it up. He actually scored 41 on December 15th against the Spurs. <laughs> it, was, it was like, really? That happened? I couldn't believe wow. it. Wow. One, one of those sneaky Hayward games that uh, he would have. He did that on the Celtics a lot. You know, he'd disappear for a little while, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, I can score 30 just like this. I used to be an all-star one time. Yeah, it's classic Hayward. Yeah. So uh, last night... You know how much he scored? <laughs> I'm guessing four points. I didn't look before. Zero. Zero. Zero points. How many minutes did he play? I think he played at least 20 minutes. I think they need to move off of him. Yeah. it's a, So he's on the contract this year, next year, and the year after. Mm -hmm. This is not looking like a great contract. 
but uh, I mean, he's not like complete garbage, but he's just paid two or three times what he's really worth right now. Yeah, and he's a misfit for that team. You know, when I see the other guys they have, like Terry and LaMelo and Miles Bridges, like high-flying, athletic, fast, like it it just doesn't, he doesn't seem, I think he, I guess he does kind of gel in it because he can really, he's really can morph into any kind of player that a team needs. He's really well-rounded, can do a lot of things, but at this stage of his career, I don't think he makes a lot of sense with that young athletic team. Um, and he's, I think he's still really good. I think he can still help a lot of teams. I think it's just a poor fit for them. I think they could really use a center. And I definitely have a Gordon Hayward-related trade, proposed trade for you. Oh, yeah? Shoot. You want me to give it to you right now? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it now. Because it involves the Celtics, too, of course. Because I always have to involve the Celtics in trade stuff. And I don't think this would ever happen. Okay. But... I think that if we get P.J. Washington in this deal, the Hornets get Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Intruder. That gets us, you know, because all I care about is the Celtics, that gets us out of the luxury tax, which is ideal. And then the Pacers end up with Hayward and Bruno Fernando just as a throwaway expiring contract. I think Hayward would be very down to go to Indiana at this point in his career. He's under contract for a long time. He's from there. He fits there because they're kind of going to, you know, they're going to not blow it up and rebuild, but, you know, they're going to probably trade a lot of guys and reshape the roster because yeah. it's clearly just not working the way and, it is. And, and they want to sell tickets. And I think people in Indiana would want to see Gordon Hayward because that's where definitely from. Yeah. I think it's a great fit for everyone because the Hornets really could use a Sabonis or even a Miles Turner. I tried with Miles Turner in the contract. Even though he gets paid similar to Sabonis, it just doesn't work. He doesn't get paid enough to really make sense for Hayward's bloated contract. But a guy like Sabonis would be great on the Hornets because, you know, he can play make for everyone else. He can run. He's athletic. He's younger. He's He could be around for a long time, and he could really fit. the A five of Lamelo, Terry, Bridges, Sabonis, and Kelly Oubre is a really good closing five. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot because with the guys they have, that Hayward doesn't really fit into that, you know, unless they bench Ubre, which you know he's not great, but he's also not bad. He's he's good enough to be like the fifth best player in your closing five. Right. Yeah. No. That I think that makes total sense. Um, it's a bonus going to the Hornets. I know Simmons was talking about that on his podcast that there were rumors about that, and I think Jackie McMullen was the one saying, like, oh, he better be prepared to run if he wants to play <laughs> with that team. Yeah, it's it's weird, though, because he could probably run a lot better than Hayward can, I, I think. I mean, yeah. even though he's a, he's a big guy, he's still very, very athletic and yeah. a lot better than Hayward at this point. I think that would be a home run for them. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Mack is, is a little over the hill at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that, too. I heard that, and I didn't really... <laughs> It didn't really like. I, I know I read that they want Miles Turner, but I yeah. can't imagine they don't want Sabonis. Right? That's like a perfect fit for them. Yeah, that, that they just need a, a really skilled center, and Sabonis can pass and shoot threes. It's it's really with Lamelo. It's that's a long term fit. Yes, and you could keep Bridges. 
you know, you can have Terry still, you like you can really keep they could keep playing the way they play with him and it would really enhance it. And Hayward would go to Indiana and become the focal point of the team, which I think yeah. you'd prefer than being kind of like the third banana like he is right now. Yeah, he wants to be the number one guy. He likes that, and he can totally just do that in Indiana for the rest of his contract as they draft a bunch of newbies. Yeah, the team will be built around him. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the Celtics getting P.J. Washington is a bonus. We get under the luxury tax and get a space-stretching athletic four who can guard a lot of positions and really would fit well age-wise with kind of what we have going on right now. So I think that really works for everyone. Definitely. And less minutes for Grant Williams. Yeah, it's it's like, like I, I'm so sick of Grant Williams. And <laughs> it's nauseating to have to read all of the love for Grant Williams and how he's like untradeable and he's like our best shooter and this and that. And, you know, he hasn't been bad. Like I've been definitely unfair, but he drives me insane. I, I just don't think he's that good. And I don't think you can play him in an NBA finals and expect to win which is the goal right i don't right just because he's better like the bar is pretty low for three-point shooting on the celtics like if you're just gonna value him because he's better than the bad three-point shooters we have on our team then like if we brought in another guy like pj washington who could shoot just as well and do other things and i know grant can score inside and stuff too but even you can have both of them and they can both play the same role and you kind of have that role locked you know it like it's kind of a win-win yeah, sure. They they can even play a little bit of small ball five. Yeah, both if of them. Yeah, really if they play to. together, definitely. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. So like, there's a lot of flexibility there because they are they're smaller, but they're also wide and big, and you know. So I think it'd be a good fit. I like that trade. I like it a lot. And it works. It works in the trade machine. Yep, works in the trade machine for every team. And actually, there you go. the you know how they do the projected wins. It actually has minus two wins for the Celts, minus two wins for the Pacers, and plus 12 wins for the Hornets. So they clearly value Sabonis a lot. Yeah, I guess so. It's just strange since the Pacers aren't doing well, but I guess he still helps them when he's on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, the Pacers just need to – we're not talking about them, but they just need to complete, you know, shake up. It's it's just not working the way they have it. And too many guys are injured, which is not good. I would love TJ McConnell, but he's hurt. You can't trade for him, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about another former Celtic, the second highest paid player on the roster. He's under contract until 2026. Terry Rozier, scary Terry. Uh, it's, it's just such a steal of a con. He, he's the best, one of the best contracts in the league right now for what he can do. He can do I, so many things. I miss him. I really do. I'd, I'll never, ever, ever understand why that fucker Danny decided to <laughs> sign Kemba, over-the-hill Kemba, just because he was previously on an all-NBA team or all-star team, wherever the fuck he was. He had a career year, but he was 31 at that point. <laughs> and we give up on the guy who was starting point guard for us when we went to Game 7 against that Cavs team that really gave the Warriors a little bit of, a little bit of grief at least. Like, I know it's LeBron, but, we mean, that was prime LeBron, and we took them to seven games with him as our starting point guard, and we drafted him. He's been, you know, he knows how to – he fits well with Smart and Tatum and Brown. I just don't get it. it. It was the stupidest. And to sign him for that much less, it was like $40 million less. Like, what was Danny 
I just don't know what was going on in Danny's brain. You know, I saw Kemba Walker play in person last week. I went to a Knicks-Kings game, and uh, Kemba scored zero points. Yeah, I think he's scored like eight points in like 60 minutes now, the last like week or something, right? It it makes no sense why they start him. He it's it's almost like they're just doing him like a a favor starting him because they pull him like pretty quickly, and then they usually don't play him for most of the first half. They'll they'll throw him in here and there, but they have some talented guards like Quentin Grimes is actually pretty good. Yeah, they just picked up Reddish, who I saw that Thibodeau hates that they added him, which is always good <laughs> that your coach immediately doesn't like a guy that you traded for. That everyone was cheering for him, the the sub in Reddish. It 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 the the, the Knicks were winning by like twenty five, and like Tibbs wouldn't put him in, and like finally he's the taco. He's the taco for the Knicks. Yeah, that everyone around was like, it was a chant, like we want Reddish. <laughs> we oh, those poor Reddish. bastards. I feel so bad for Knicks fans. Yeah, they they were not happy. Although they blew out the Kings that game, but they were they were very frustrated with Julius Randle. You know, every every time he tried doing like some weird hook shot or you know chucking up an ill advised three, I just hear try it up, try it up. <laughs> what what a fall from grace. He was he could do no wrong last year. And now now they want him out of town. It's funny how fast things turn in New York, yeah. but they really did bungle the roster decisions. But you know the Reddish move is specifically targeting Zion. They they want to get R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and Zion back on the same team because they're all best friends. It, it's oh, just yeah. such a it's such a clear indication that what their plan is, that they're just doing everything they can for when Zion's a free agent. He's going to sign the extension like he'd be dumb not to. I think he would be giving up like forty million, fifty million, right. but who knows? Maybe he wants to play in New York so bad that he just figures he can make that up on endorsements. You know, I don't know. I guess, yeah, that that's an interesting situation. Zion's just been sitting on my bench all season. I have four Yahoo fantasy teams, and I one of them I missed the draft, so it did auto draft, and it, and Zion was the first pick. Oh my god. He hasn't played with me. He's like three hundred twenty pounds right now and not looking like he's probably gonna play for a couple years. I wouldn't be surprised if he waits until he gets the extension to start playing. I don't he might it sounds crazy, but he might just save his he might just save his body. Like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he saves his body until the extension. He's got what, another year? Like he has to get through next year and then the extension hits? Yep. Or I guess this this summer they could technically give him an extension yeah i think he'll wait for that is my guess and if they don't give him the extension right away when they can then he's gonna hold out and wait for till he can sign with new york i'm guessing yeah the the hornets they really love terry rozier i mean he is such a fun player um he's so lovable the the game against the pacers there was a play where Lamelo. Uh, it was like an out of bounds play, but Lamelo like fell to the ground. It looked like he was really hurt at first, and like it looked like something serious was going on. And then like you see Terry like walk over, and like you think he's gonna like you know help him out and whatnot. <laughs> he just starts like pretending like to pump him up back to life. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and he just like pulls him up. He's but, such a character. Yeah, 
he's he's like kind of their leader of the team, especially like when uh, Lamelo's making a lot of boneheaded mistakes, you know, amateur amateur mistakes, you know. Yeah, it was pretty jarring watching the Celts game that when they he had the dagger three against us to win a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago or last week. Yeah, it had to be a couple weeks ago because we've been on a streak, but I think that might have been our last loss. But he he like seems like the leader of the team. He seems like the heart and soul of the team. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's yeah. it's upsetting to see that because he would have made so much sense. And I don't know what happened. Maybe it was unmendable, and he was out the door no matter what. But if he was willing to play and start for us, it our situation would be a lot different. I feel like Kemba really set us back a couple of years. Yeah, yeah that that did. That did not do us any favors. Um, so then next up on the list is Kelly Oubre Jr., Sixth Man of the Year candidate. Um, he went head-to-head with uh, the guy who will probably win Sixth Man of the Year, uh, Tyler Hero, last night. Um, and is then... he going to be Sixth Man? I feel like they've had a lot of injuries, and he starts a lot. Hero? Yeah. Um. Maybe not. Maybe that was just like an early season thing. I is he starting now? I, well, I just I don't really watch them that much, but I know they have a lot of injuries. Like they, when they yeah. played when they played the Celts, I, I don't think Butler or Lowry played. And I feel like it's every you know they probably manage the minutes. I'm sure he'll still be eligible because he whenever they play, he comes off the bench definitely. But oh yeah, but yeah, like I like I like Ubre as a six man of the year candidate. Yeah, uh, let's see. Hero started 10 games this season. Oh, so he's definitely, yeah, definitely eligible. Yeah. Um, God, Duncan Robinson's still starting for them. He's really struggling. Yeah, they, yeah, that's. Yeah. But. um, We were, we were right about that. mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. We were both, we were both relatively down on him, even when he was at his, his peak. Yeah. Yep, he got that paycheck and was like, eh, I'm going to kick back a little bit. The threes magically stopped falling. Mm-hmm. Well, then we got LaMelo Ball. Kid is a highlight reel. Electric. He, no, having some sophomore year growing pains here and there. Got Mason Plumley making $8 million. That's unfortunate. Um, he's their starting center. That is Yeah, scary. they need to upgrade that position, yep. Yeah, he he started the year off very slow, but has uh, picked it up a little bit on defense, and he's passing all right, but, you know, it's not converting into wins. They can do much better at that position, I'd say. I'm just excited to have a Plumlee-less NBA. Yeah, we're so close. Yeah, he needs to get out of here and just be done with it. Remember Miles Plumlee got that crazy contract? Yeah, and he wasn't. He was. He was. He wasn't that good too. Like I don't remember him ever being good. It was. It was like the the 2016 thing where they're they're paying like Mozgov like a hundred million dollars. Probably not that much. It was probably like sixty. But yeah, Ty, Tyler Johnson I think got like a hundred million dollar yeah, contract. Tyler Johnson, uh, Biombo got big money. Gorgie Jang. Uh, Alan Crab. Alan Crab. Oh my god! But I mean, Plumleys was pretty bad. They they extended him. I don't know why because he averaged like five points a game 
one season, and they're like, oh, you know, in a few years, you know, he might be averaging 11 points, and, you know, in, with inflation, you know, we'll have to pay him, like, $14 million a year. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, he's good as a backup center, but he absolutely cannot be trusted as anything more than that. Miles Bridges is up next. Alex, he's their longest-tenured player. <laughs> really? He's still on his rookie contract. He's the only what? guy to play with Kemba, and also the only guy to play with Tony Parker. Oh my Remember god! That? I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I was. Did, looking... did, did he end up playing ever? I know he was technically on the roster. I just don't remember him playing. He came off the bench. He really didn't do much. And wow. He just can you imagine that? Like I miss that era of guys. You could have you could have been with the Spurs for your whole career, but you just had to you had to have your buddy Nick Batum convince you to come to Charlotte. Oh yeah, if Nick Batum forgot year. about that, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I looked at the box score of actually um it was Miles Bridges' first game because I wanted to see, like, oh, is there anyone besides Bridges that's still on the roster now? And, like, it, it was, like, Biombo, uh, Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, Kemba. It's like, oh, my God, this is, like, so, like, Cavs, like, five, seven years ago. It, it's painful. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, I, I hated those teams, to be honest. I... I was never ever interested in watching them at any point. I just I'm uh, so fucking classic, hate Kemba. Classic first round exits. Yep, always. I, I I liked it better when they were the Bobcats. Right. Yeah. There was one fun Bobcat year. Oh yeah, with Al Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made the playoffs. They got swept, but they they had to play the best team in the league. <laughs> I so it was Al Jefferson and Josh McRoberts, <laughs> their best, their best two players, and Kemba, I guess. Yeah, and they were going up Kemba. against that that wagon Cavs team, I think. Yeah, or was yeah. no, it was the Heat. It was the Heat. Oh God! It was. Yeah, Le- it was I think it was LeBron's back. last year. Yeah, I think it was LeBron's last year on the Heat. God, way back now. So I think the two the two core guys are Lamelo and Bridges. It's a pretty good duo. Bridges leads the team in scoring. Yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 I mean, might be most improved player of the year. I think it's on the table, I'd say. I don't know who Oh, 100%. Get. I mean, he's averaging almost 20 points a game. Yeah. And he's still getting seven rebounds and almost four assists. Like, he's he's been really good, and he's, he's a great guy to have because he can – you know, he's pretty flexible. Like, he's big, but he's also fast. He's not a slouch on defense. He can shoot, but also, you know, drive. He's just a good all-around threat, really good guy to have. I'm surprised he's been this good, to be honest. I didn't think he was going to end up being this good. Yeah, it's really been a breakout season. And not only that, he wants to be in Charlotte for his whole career. Wow. Great. Said no one ever. <laughs> right? crazy good now do you think this is kind of a crazy question but could Lamelo and Bridges ever become as uh, effective 
as effective as Giannis and Chris Middleton as a duo. I mean, I know no one can replace Giannis, but, you know, maybe a team built around two stars and then maybe you get, like, a third guy later on, like a Drew Holiday type of player down the line. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't think as like dominant, but I will say I think that Bridges and Ball are going to end up being a lot better than Middleton ever is and was. Mm. And I, you know, I think that a good comparison, even though it might not be like size wise or whatever, I think Lowry and DeRozan is kind of how I see the Ball and Bridges thing going. I could see them. You know, in like a couple of years, they've been together for a long time. They become close. Like I could see them threatening in the East. I don't know if they can get over the hump though, unless they bring in like I think they're formative two out of three top guys, but there would need to be either a top dog or a guy in the middle. Yeah. Of like rank, like you know, just like hierarchy on the team. Like there would need to be a guy who can carry them, or like a better. I think you know Terry still is young. He could. He kind of is what he is. I don't know. It's what they are now. Definitely isn't like a finals contender, but I do. I could. See, I know what you mean. Like, can they like carry a team to the finals as like the two best guys? I don't think so. Yeah, but you, close, like really close. You might need like a, a better number two guy. Eh, well, what you really need is like someone to replace gordon hayward like you need an yeah all-star to replace him and then like terry as a fourth option i mean that's pretty damn good yeah that's that could be a team that could win the east if you bring in sabonis and yes yeah pair pair him with ball and bridges i think you could do real damage in the east i mean i mean no no i don't want i don't want to go up against that team but uh, no that, no one does they'd be fast athletic like they'd be really athletic really skilled yeah that like real all they're, they're all all around skilled they can all shoot they can all you know dribble they can all drive to the hoop they they're not terrible on defense like that that's just a good all-around team i don't i could see them ending up a lot like those raptors teams from the Lowry and DeRozan years where it's like they were so close and they always tinkered with so many spots on the rest of the roster to try to get over the hump. And I just don't know if they'll ever get over the hump because they're the Hornets. We need to get uh, both bridges on the same team, Mikhail and Miles. <laughs> that, would, that would be great. And then that would get, be awesome. Get, um, get uh, Cody and Caleb on the team as well. Um, I kind of like Cody. Yeah, like, like I was looking through the Hornets guys and you know watching a couple of their games the past couple of weeks. Like he he's good. Like he's you know he's he's annoying, but it was a battle of the Martins last night. Caleb versus Cody. Man, it, it's looking like the Hornets should have kept Caleb. He's actually been playing well on the Heat. It would have been great if they ended up like a Morris thing. Right. You know, it's yeah. weird how we have all these twins always running around, but like the that Suns team when they had. It was the Suns, right? When they had both Morrises. Yep. Yep. And that was great. That would be yeah. cool if like the Martins kind of turned into the next Morrises. Yeah. They kind of play like them. And then they get like a lawsuit on them. No, I'm just kidding. That was a messed up story. <laughs> oh. Well. I wonder, I, I don't know what, what ended up happening with that. So they, they probably had to pay a big fine, but. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess they're innocent. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else is on this team? Ish Smith. He's he's just there. The classic Celt killer. Yep. Uh, played in garbage time yesterday. He took a very ugly three. It was bad. Um, he's 33 years old now. I didn't even realize he was that old. But, I mean, I, he has been in the league for a while. He's been on every team in the league. No, not really. He's been on, like, 10. But, um... I think things will be winding down for him shortly. He's only yeah. He's one of those guys where he's 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 done, but he's not done. You know, or I mean, he's not done, but he's done. Yeah, four. Well, I guess that's the same thing. Yeah. Um, who's next? PJ Washington. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, Future. They want to move him too. Yeah. They. I mean, I don't know if the Celtics will. You know, Brad's a first-year GM. I hope he doesn't fucking blow it and. All we end up doing is just getting getting rid of Bruno and then going back on the hamster wheel of believing in this team and getting bounced in the first round play-in and then come, running it back next year and just having the same thing happen again like it's Groundhog Day. But P.J. Washington would be so perfect for a lot of teams. And whoever gets him is going to be pretty lucky because just because they can't make it work with him doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think he's pretty good. He shoots well. Not his best game last night. He had three fouls in four minutes. But, you know, he's probably just frustrated. I like the aggressiveness. He's you know, that's not like, a terrible thing. He's like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Um, Luca had five fouls in two quarters last night. Oh, wow. So, who knows? I mean, maybe he was, yeah, maybe he just had, you know, some kind of, maybe just something bad happened on the way to the stadium. And yeah. he was just in a bad mood that night. Yeah, you know, he lost money on Dogecoin. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, so I I think Washington's going to be gone by Thursday. That that That's my guess. Because I, I heard that he also requested a trade as well. Yep. So I think he's just, toast. He's He's gone. Good is gone. Yeah, and he wants more playing time. There's not really a spot. For him right now um well i guess there is it's more that they don't want to pay him i guess but uh what are two teams besides the celtics that you could see uh washington uh ending up heading to hmm so i would say celtics and mavs but if i'm not going to include the celtics i would say mavericks and let me think. I think something could work with like the Spurs. I was gonna say that too. The Spurs. Yeah, I think. Just trying to think of their roster off the top of my head, I think that would make a lot of sense for them. They have so many guards, and they they don't really have uh, have big men. Yeah, exactly. like I'm sure I'm sure the Hornets would be happy to get back some you know guard depth. Maybe they can. Maybe it'd be a bigger swing and like add another team and. Like if you throw Gordon, that maybe they can get like, no, nah, Derek White wouldn't make a lot of sense, I guess, for the Hornets. Oh, Jakob Purtle. Yeah, he'd be. That's actually a really good one. He'd be really good centerpiece. Like yeah. not centerpiece. <laughs> He's not a centerpiece. I just mean center space piece for them, because you know he's he's better than Plumley. He's at least like oh, a yeah. little bit of an upgrade, and he's not like that. He's pretty cost effective. So you know, I, I like that a lot. That's actually a really good deal. 
I'm pretty sure he's just under $10 million, so it's not like you could do like uh, P.J. Washington and Ish Smith. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy with that. They, they just That would really like bolster their center depth. Yeah, so that's an option. Mm-hmm. And then uh, James Booknight. God, what happened? He, he got got in a little argument. Well, that coach definitely seems like a douche. He kind of does, yeah. Like, it seems like these are things... Like, like, remember last year with Lamelo, Like, he was always... Lamelo was doing dumbass shit, and then the coach would just pull him immediately. I think that happened once this year, and I started cracking up. I think Lamelo did try to do, like, a self-alley-oop and blew it. (laughs) And then, like, it's funny because he, like, is running back, but it's the Hornets' sideline that, like, you can see on camera. And you just, like, as he's running back, the camera's, like, panning to the right. And you could see the coach walking back to the left towards the bench and pointing at a guy on the bench and then throwing him in. It was, like, the funniest clip. I was laughing my ass off at that but yeah he's it, he must have just been complaining about playing time right book night and I guess yeah i mean watching that clip again like even like <laughs> it's almost like Bar- uh borrego like signals a guy to like take him away <laughs> and then like so weird yeah it was such a weird him clip and like pretending like to watch the play <laughs> going on even though like clearly oh, that must have must know. have been so awkward Imagine like, being the guy next to him, you know? It's like, oh, <laughs> dude, just get up and go to the locker room. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. But, yeah, it's 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 strange to have those, like, it's like, what are you really, what are you doing? Like, kicking him out to the locker room? Like, obviously he's going to be pissed. He's like a first-round pick. You drafted him on a team with 100 guards already. That Not even just guards, combo guards. They all do the exact same thing. It, it's like they drafted him just to have that piece because he was the best piece available, but now they're, you know, just going to hoard him and like not ruin his career, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's a business. It's not like I'm crying for the guy, but it's annoying to kind of do that. Cause he could have been drafted by a bunch of teams after where he'd actually be playing a lot. And um, it's unfortunate that they just kind of did that. And if they, I think they should move him. Do you? Yeah. I mean, at this, I mean, that's because the value you get for him too. Like they can really get, some good pieces for him like teams would jump all over that Mm-hmm. i think so and like i tried looking into it more like because i i was like i haven't really watched him at all this year and then i i look at his stats and it's like oh well that's because he's not really even playing that's why like not seeing any highlights but he was picked you know fairly high in the draft um so this one guy tweeted his name is rod boone he said uh <laughs> this way he said i guess he's a reporter i think he is at least miles bridges and Lamelo both said the team is like a bunch of brothers and insisted they will stick together miles said he's spoken with james Booknight about lack of playing time and explained how he went through it as did Lamelo, and Lamelo won rookie of the year and then i was like Wait, what? They and the, I, so I was like, Lamelo, he averaged twenty eight minutes a game. <laughs> His it's year. yeah, terrible. <laughs> like that was a just. I'm sure he didn't include like book night just being like, uh, what are you talking about, dude? Like I'm playing what like five minutes a night. Like the guy won rookie of the year. It's not like he was sitting on the bench like me. 
And then uh, Bridges averaged 21 minutes his rookie year. Book Knight's averaging 10 minutes a game, right? Yeah, now. for a rookie, that's terrible. Like, if you're trying to develop a rookie, that's not how you do it. Like, it's a big problem with the Celtics right now, too. It's like they expect these guys to go in and be perfect when they play, like, 5 to 10 minutes yeah. every, like, couple games. You know, they can have a DMP for two straight games and come in for 10 minutes, and if they're not lights out, then it's like, well, what are you doing, dude, you know? But, uh, like, how is a guy shot. supposed to get into a flow? Yeah. You missed a shot. We're putting Richardson back in. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I have some UConn fan friends who say that, I don't know if they actually watch the Hornets. They're probably just talking out of their ass. But whenever he gets minutes, it seems like he takes advantage of them. And um, it's we it's weird that he doesn't get more minutes. I think is what he's frustrated about because it's not like he's like not getting a chance and he's struggling. Like I think he's doing really well. And but he like will sit for a whole game, you know, even though he just played. I don't know. But um, it sounds about right. But it's also a roster construction problem too because they have a lot of guys that do the same thing as him. You can't like you can't play him that much unless you sit like Terry a lot or Lamelo a lot or you know he should be getting all the Ish Smith minutes, but. He might not be – he's a combo guard. He's not a true point guard. So it's kind of like a weird position to put him in, to be honest. Yeah, it definitely is. I Someone wrote that um, his, his shot gets blocked constantly, and um, he his defense is in passing not, not anything special. Um, yeah, he's a project. He's definitely yeah. raw. Yeah. And he's more of a scorer, you know. He, he makes sense as like a Jordan Clarkson is how I look at him. Mm, okay. But like, like that's not like a great. It's not a great guy to have unless you have like unless your roster is really settled and like you're like oh we need the spark scorer off the bench like a J.R. Smith or like a Jordan Clarkson. I think he's like the perfect guy for that. But as like a foundational piece, I'm not sure that's really his his thing yet. So basically, Book Knight's role on this team was to replace Malik Monk at the end of the day, who's also been trashed this year. <laughs> I did a, I did a, another Celtic, I did a Celtics trade earlier for Book Knight. If you want to hear it, yeah, go for it. So the Celtics are just getting Book Knight. We're getting under the luxury tax. The owners are happy. We're getting a project that we can, you know, he'll get minutes for the Celtics. He'll get bench minutes, but he'll get opportunities to score. We need the scoring. He can shoot all he wants. And then the Hornets get Chris Stapps. So this is a big one. They could really use a center. They get He's been like a borderline all-star this year, so I don't know if the Mavs would be totally down for this. But like if they get Chris Stapps, then they're almost like an East favorite if he can stay healthy. Because he, if, you know, if Sabonis makes sense for them, then he makes even more sense because he can really play center. And he can also shoot and do everything else they need and run. But then they would – so the Hornets would be getting Chris Tapps, Schroeder, Neesmith, and then the Mavs would get Hayward and Plumley to kind of match contracts. Oh. And I think Hayward with Luka actually makes a lot of sense. It's like – because the contract is big, but it's not like, you know, like Russell Westbrook big. And he's a guy that actually would make sense with Luka. They play at the same pace. Like the – he could play off the ball. He could be on the ball if Luka needs to play off the ball. Like he's a better defender than Luka. They I don't know. Like I think that that provides them like a lot of more flexibility than Chris Stapps does, and it's not Luca insurance, but it's like if you need to give Luca rest, you can run the offense through Gordon. Oh, I don't know. Totally. And then it's a just move for the Celtics basically get under the cap, and 
I, I, the Celtics probably don't need to be part of this, <laughs> but I like to throw him in because I'm a Celtics fan. And yeah. um, and he actually Booknight would be perfect for the Celtics as like a guy that the, you know, hopefully Tatum and Brown and those guys would kind of take him under his wing and be like, we need you as like a spark plug off the bench. We don't have any of that right now. And like, if you can score 12 to 16 points off the bench and play 20 minutes a night, like then you're the guy, like you're perfect for us. And then you can develop into something bigger eventually. I don't know. They could be perfect. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. We, we really should be getting younger and I'm yeah. Sure take I... some swings, you know, take, like take a chance on some guys. There's always too goddamn safe. So I guess we'll switch over to the Celtics now. Hornets, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, make smart trades. Uh, <laughs> I know it'd be funny if they just blow it with the fun guys they have. They somehow <laughs> lose Bridges. They lose Lamelo at the end. Well, he'll he'll sign his rookie deal, but yeah. I mean, is it rookie extension? But like they're they're the Hornets. They're like I just don't imagine that. I just can't imagine them winning a title ever. Like that's just like it, yeah, in their DNA. Possible. Yeah, like, like I think even yeah. the Kings have won a title before. I think one of the first episodes in my podcast, I talked about the team I felt be- uh, bad for the most, and it was the Hornets, just because they've they've been around for like thirty years, but they've never even made it to the conference finals. They're just so average, you know. Like it's yeah. it's even worse. Like as long if you're like the Kings or like. You know, like some of the teams around all sports that are just like it's total dumpster fires. It's one thing because you can just like hang on to that. Be like, oh, I'm a fan of like this. Like the Browns are like that where it's like it's fun to be that bad. But they're so average that it's not even like you're never going to get like a top pick in the draft. You're always going to not miss. You're going to miss. You're never going to miss the playoffs that much. Like you'll be borderline every year, which is even worse to be on that, you know, repetitive cycle of average sounds like torture compared to you know teams like the pelicans or that get the first overall picks and it's like all of a sudden there's so much so much excitement the next year even though it's still pretty turbulent i don't know but um yeah good luck to the hornets i doubt they'll ever win anything but (laughs) (laughs) i mean we we hope you do but it, it I don't know. <laughs> maybe get rid of that coach. That coach doesn't seem like maybe he keeps them in check a little bit because they're a little too like they're too loosey goosey with their personalities, but it, it doesn't too... seem like a culture fit. Yeah, he's, he seems like an uh, authoritarian there. Like he seems like he should be coaching like David Robinson and not LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, all right, so Celtics question. Who. Uh, all right, who do you think, or who would you rather have off the team by Thursday? Um, Josh Richardson or Dennis Schroeder, if you had to pick one. Okay, so who would I rather have off the team? It's tough because, like, they're both basically just trade chips as for financial reasons, you know? Exactly. It's like... It, it just depends on if you want to get rid of the 20 mil for Richardson or if you want to get rid of the 5 mil for one year for Dennis. It's almost like I'd rather get rid of Josh because he has that extra year, mm-hmm. you know, tagged onto him. It's like purely financial. Like when it comes to playing, I see them, I like see them not that they're not the same players, but like I look, I just kind of hold them in the same regard skill wise. But mm-hmm. 
financially, I'd rather probably keep Schroeder because at least he's a free agent. Even if we, I guess losing him for nothing would suck. So yeah, I guess that answers my question. I'd rather trade Schroeder. That's what I was going to say too. Uh, it's kind of strange. I mean, we gave Richardson a one-year extension, and, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're just planning on using him as a trade chip. Mm-hmm. For, uh, yeah, he's a contract either. matcher. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I, I would say Schroeder, too, just because, you know, you don't want to lose him for nothing. You know, maybe... You could make a deal getting like a younger player, like you mentioned, like getting a PJ Washington or, or something like that. Um, one of the trades I was doing last month was uh, actually trading both of them, Richardson and Schroeder, to the Suns for Dario Saric and Jalen Smith. But that was oh. back when the Celtics were like, like really bad. But you know, they're not playing horrible now but no i think they're good players yeah like the uh, if they keep doing what they're doing yeah it's 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 not bad having them as uh depth pieces but yeah definitely like on the court i like them like there i wouldn't like if it, if you were choosing who i think is better i, th- I do think Schroeder is a better player yeah but richards richardson like serves a, a real purpose for our team as like a um you know, a bench wing, like just, he's just insurance for when Tatum or Brown need to come off the floor. Cause he does a lot of the same things as them. So it's, you know, I like them both. I think they both weirdly fit. I think Schroeder gets a lot of flack around here, which isn't that fair. Everyone kind of just, you know, wants to deal him off. And I think it makes a lot of sense to get under the tax, whatnot, all that, but he can't like, he can't shoot well. Like it's the classic, like talking head type arguments, but you know, he's good. He averages almost 20 points every year. Like, he can play defense. He can pass the ball. Like, he can – you can trust him at point guard. Like, he can do stuff. And as a backup point guard, I like him. I I like him more than most. If we were actually trying to win a title with a team we have, I'd want to keep both. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm kind of wondering now. I mean, two weeks ago I said – I would say get rid of them both. But – it's like, oh, wait a second here. We've got a little wing streak going on. It seems like the rotation is really figured out. It's a very small rotation. It's like eight guys. Yeah, Udoga cut it down to eight. Yep. He yep. basically just told the young guys to fuck themselves, and <laughs> he's he's rolling with the guys who he trusts. And it's, like, worked. But at the same time, you know, it fucks us in the future. Because right. we basically devalue all of our assets. And, you know, I don't think we can win a title, but who knows anymore? Like, injuries, anything. Like, nothing would surprise me. I just don't think that the guys like Shooter and Richardson are really the problem. It'd be great if they could shoot better. But I think there's a lot more issues. Like, if everyone else was shooting lights out, they'd be great guys to have. Because they can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they kind of get lumped into the blame because they're not they're not great shooters and like they're not pretending to be great shooters they're not supposed to be great shooters they do other stuff well so i don't know i think it's unfair just because they can't shoot that it's like automatically we need to move them yeah no they're they're not the main issue in fact i I mean i think it was i thought tatum was a, a big part of it but he has been playing much better and 
I just think the chemistry between the starting five is just, it's really good now. And Smart mm-hmm. being back really helps as well. Uh, he has great chemistry with Robert Williams. Um, which yep. Is, I wouldn't want to trade Smart or Rob. Definitely not. Same. I don't. I mean, obviously Al's contract is too big. I would like to get off of that. He's probably the only guy in the starting rotation that I'd really, you know, consider a, a weak link compared to other like guys in that role around the league. He's not bad, but he's definitely bottom tier. The rest of the guys we have are like, you know, they're all top fifteen at their position. Like not like, man, eh, pretty close. I mean, Smart would be borderline just because of his defensive prowess, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I I like the starting five. I do too. I, I really was not fond of Al at the four like a month ago, but I mean, at the same time, like we, I don't think we were completely healthy during the December, January stretch. Maybe we were very shortly, but, um, you know, yeah, maybe we were jumping the gun a little bit, but what I thought is, you know, a lot of good teams have had like, some of their rotation guys go down, but they still figure out ways to win. So mm-hmm. that exactly that, that's what I was upset. I think about. I think when Tatum struggles, his bad attitude really affects the team in games. Uh, yeah, and I, I I think when Brown is struggling, the ball stopping kills the team in games. It's like they need to be on for everyone to be good basically which you know it's annoying that they can't affect the game in other ways but it seems like if they're both not scoring then they're just like bringing the team down like tatum in a couple of those brutal losses was like actively losing us the game <laughs> like it it wasn't even close and he's obviously an all-star and great but i don't know i just what do you, are you have you changed your thoughts on if brown and tatum can make it in the long run together yeah, um, I'm willing to to give it another year, at least. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. They're they're very talented. Um, I I I mean, the argument was that oh, maybe they they just need a real point guard, and yeah, maybe maybe that's true. It would be, you know, something else if they got like a Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry type player on their team, like, setting up the offense and everything like that. But it seems like Marcus Smart is actually kind of calming things down and doing that. Yeah, it was. Um, it's unfair to Smart for that to be, like, the story, you know. It, he's not, like, a top-tier point guard, but any team that has an elite point guard like Chris Paul is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like, because that, like, it's such an important role. Like, yeah, if we had, like, a really good guy like that, Brown and Tatum would be better, but they need to stop if they are blaming it on us not having a point guard, they need to stop kind of having that mindset and more so figure out how they can pick up the slack in that area. Because I don't know. I, it just, I'm not like a hundred percent out on it anymore. Like I used to, I just don't think they're going to work long term well together. And I think it will be a similar outcome every year. I think the ball doesn't not move a lot when they're both out there. Like, you know, they're both really good at scoring and whatever, but I just don't see it being a long-term successful plan. And I, I think Steve Bullpett's story about how 
Jalen doesn't even think it's the right fit. It's all rumors, or maybe it's just bullshit. But if that has any truth to it, then you need to move Jalen now because if you lose him what was or get the story? oh, you didn't see that. No. So you know, Bullpet, the I think he he was old Herald or Globe Celtics oh, beat reporter. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Bullpet. Yeah, I thought it was Bullpet. Yeah. Yeah. It's um he works for I think Heavy now, that publishing company okay. or the Heavy online. Yeah. Yep the online thing um he said that internally they believe that jalen might think that it's not a good fit and that he could explore like not trade options but he could like he they could rethink his future with the team almost and that basically means like eventually he'll demand a trade i think worst case scenario is you get to that year and you have to move him either for less or he his value goes down or like i it's time to make some hard decisions and you have to look at it like can this work for like 10 years with these two because that's what we're going for and if Jalen's just going to leave in free agency because he has no reason to stay he'd get the same money elsewhere so I don't know I I think it's something worth looking into yeah so Brown has only two more years on his contract after this season yeah yeah that's what i mean it's like it's getting time to move like you have you have tatum for i think two more years longer yeah and i think he is they think they both have player options and i would assume that they decline both player options because they can get more money but um so i don't know like how that's gonna play out i just i don't know i just it People like love the comfort of like oh we'll just run it back next year with these guys it's like well after next year after last year the clock started i feel like and after this year it's like getting dangerously close to that point and then next year at the end of the season if it's the same outcome then you're you have to get rid of brown so it's like are you gonna do it now or are you gonna just try to win a title with those two and hopefully they stay i don't know but yeah you know now i think about it, i think they the you know stevenson front office they have to make a decision whether they want to go all in on on Brown after this season because you don't want to be in a position where you realize Brown has to go and he only has one more year left on his contract. It's you don't get as much. He's gonna tank. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible, especially for a guy of his stature who would request a max. Like that's nearly an impossible trade asset. No. Because teams aren't gonna want to give up a lot for a guy who could just walk. Right. Unless it's like Atlanta or someone like where he is, t- where somewhere where he has real ties and like it's understood that he'll resign, but it's going to get dangerous soon. And if they can't get the rest of the roster together, which they won't, because I don't think they can, like they physically can't, then I don't know. I think it's, I think the team, even if it's a step back, I feel like it's two steps forward if that makes any sense, because it kind of gives Tatum the chance to really relish in that star role. You can bring back a lot of assets. You can bring back a lot of draft picks. You can bring back a lot of like good role players. You could even bring back like a semi-star player that might be disgruntled elsewhere. And it might be a better team fit than like just looking at like the NBA 2K overall roster and being like, we can't trade like this 89 you know, because like on paper it's great, but maybe for the team it's better if they had more seventy eights to eighty fives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. And then 
of course, you know, Tatum's very close with Beal, but we don't know what the hell's going on with Beal. Exactly. I just think that'd be the same thing and almost yeah. worse because Tatum and Beal would become their own thing. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the team would be like, yeah, fuck you guys, you know, like... Very true. Like, we're the Very two, true. like, faces of this team, and we're best friends. And, like, just the best friend dialogue alone makes me want to throw up all over myself. Yeah. So sick of it at this point. But um, it would be here. great. Yeah. It would be cool. Like, Beal's awesome, but he's having a bad year, and it's it would be just getting Brown. It's like, why are we doing that then, you know? Yeah. Like, we'd rather just keep Brown than have Beal. At least we drafted him. Yeah. Tatum is probably 100% untradeable. And... But Brown, I would say, is like he's like ninety five percent untradeable, right? Yeah, There's a sliver. I, I, There's a sliver of like not untouchable, not untouchable. Yeah, I'd, and I think it would be good for the whole future of the team because you could get so many picks back. Like you have long term stability. You know, you know you're keeping Tatum. You're building around Tatum. I don't know. There's just too many question marks with Tatum and Brown, and it just kind of, I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah. Well, all right. We'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, what player on the roster do you want off the team the most by Thursday? Personally, I hate Grant the most out of anyone. I hate his personality. <laughs> I hate his dumb face. I I hate how he just cozies up to Tatum because he's the best player on the team. And he's just, you know, he's trying to be best buddies so that, you know, he's got a spot in the rotation. I know what he's doing. he's he's the vice president of the players union so he's 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 you know he's a narc like he i don't know i just don't i just kind of find him to be a squid and i don't think he's as good as people think he is just because of the percentages it's like yeah cool he goes one for two like every night three-point shooting like he averages six points a game i think like can we stop with the percentages, for God's sakes? Like, if he was scoring 20 points a game and shooting 40%, that's one thing. But, like, cool, you go one for two in a 20-point loss. Like, awesome. Love that. At least he can, like, hit one out of two threes. How about you? What do you think? Who do you want gone? I feel like you're going to have, like, a curveball for me. Maybe. I guess Bruno Fernando. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest, like, Schroeder guy, but... um. I mean, I like when he's scoring, but I I get infuriated when sometimes when he's trying to run the offense. Like he'll he'll do this move where he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna go around my defender." Nope, I didn't make it. Okay, let me dribble back. Okay, he's <laughs> open. It's like, okay, now there's only ten seconds left on the shot clock. Like I, I totally agree. He's super frustrating to watch. He he's good. It just has like a six man, you know, like. Yeah, I would never ever want him to be like a key piece of the team, though. Right. Um, I I actually was kind of pumped that we got PJ Dozier back. I know he didn't do much with us, like his first stint, but he was he wasn't bad on the Nuggets. Like, I, no, he was really good. He I think it was either last year. I think no, it was the year before last year, or was it last year where he was like legitimately good for them? Yeah, yeah. I, I like him too. I thought he was good in the Celtics when. When he got minutes on the Celtics, like that's when I was at like my peak watching every minute of every game. Oh yeah, when that he... was the uh the last year of Kyrie. Yeah. Yep, and he and he was awesome. Like he he was one of those guys who who he was a lot like 
how I see Hayward, where it's like he doesn't do anything amazing, but he doesn't do anything bad. Like he just he can kind of just do everything. He just blends in out there. Like the ball keeps moving, he can score. He's big, athletic. I don't know. I I like him too. There, yeah, there aren't like a lot of guys on the Celtics that I genuinely don't like, other than Grant. Yeah, which was why another reason why this was so frustrating this season. It's like I don't hate like a ton of these guys really, and then we got Ball Ball as well. <laughs> will, will we I can't believe play? that new taco. Did you hear what I I said about him on my podcast two weeks ago? No. <laughs> Apparently, his girlfriend <laughs> said that Bull Bull cheated on her like seven times. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. Bull Bull. He's a he seems like a character. Are him and Dozier gonna play? Like Dozier's out for the year, so I mean, if and he's a free agent after this year, right? right. So I don't. Yeah, I wonder if maybe we'll give him like a a chance, maybe a training camp invite. I don't. Who knows? I miss like the Brad Wanamakers and the Shane Larkins and like Shane Larkin. We, he's good. Yeah, like we didn't like we used to take chances on those types of guys and they were like legitimately good role players, you know, and like they were big parts of the team. Like Wanamaker, people didn't like him, but like he was a pretty big part of that team that made the Eastern Conference Finals. Like. Oh yeah. He he's not great, but he's not like supposed to be great. He was like a really good backup bench point guard. Yeah. And this team is missing that kind of guy. Cuz yeah. it's basically just Schroeder and Smart that you can trust. Like I don't really trust Pritchard that much yet. I think they put a lot of faith in him. Like which is why they constructed the roster like this. I don't think it like I don't think he's meeting expectations, I guess. No. I mean, he's definitely not getting enough burn at the same time but you know when when he's been given minutes there's been multiple games where he just doesn't have it and yeah it's just, he, he just seems lost out there and it's like oh, man this isn't the guy from last year mm-hmm. yeah he was electric at the start of like yeah. his career for us like i thought he was going to be like a starting like remember how like he just doesn't look like the same player. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know strange. how to describe it, but like I remember at the time he was like electric. Like he was fast. He was crazy out there. He was making he had, plays, he doing had everything. Confidence too. He's yeah. Very confident. He was hitting now shots he, like crazy. He seems so timid now. Like yeah. he just doesn't make sense for the offense that we run. Like one one thing that sorry to like jump off topic, but one thing that drives me nuts is that Eme just isn't really a good coach, and the the off <laughs> not to be like super blunt he's a first time yeah. coach I just but started like thinking of his press conferences and like how he's about to like nod off every time <laughs> yeah it's he's just not a good coach like if if Brad was the coach of this team like i i don't like i i think we could be like the two one or two seed like i'm not even kidding like oh yeah i really believe this team would be much 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 better like with rob developing like he is like I, I don't know. I think Brad could have gotten Tatum and Brown to, you know, actually play team basketball when we were in that stretch where it was like they were shooting 30 times a game each and just basically going back and forth of who's going to dribble up and shoot. But the offense that we run now, it the ball just sticks because it's like Tatum. It, when I, I know right away when it's going to happen because we get the rebound and Tatum gets the ball and he does that huge slam into the ground. So the ball goes like flying in the air. He walks up the court. He barely gets over the half at the 16 second mark. 
and then he's like goes around a screen twice and then all of a sudden there's like eight seconds left on the shot clock mm. and we're like panicking for a shot and he usually does like a like the dribble fade away pull up like there's possessions where him and brown just are the only ones that touch the ball and like the shot clock gets down to like four seconds it's like what are we doing and when we do pass the ball around it looks great oh yeah. it's just it's just frustrating that that's even like still like especially at the end of games we've talked about this i think on every pod but like the end of game execution where it's just iso basketball is horrid ISO. Okay. it's it's horrid because it's just like all right is tatum gonna hit the shot or not like there's no creativity there's no like keeping the defense off guard they could just make sure they have two good defenders on anyone that would screen and you know it's just the pr- a prayer tatum has to just shoot it over someone i wish like i the last time i saw like a play that worked was probably like 2016. Like Tatum and Brown, they just don't run that kind of offense and I'm sick of it, to be honest. And with a bad coach, it's a terrible combination. They're way too talented to be struggling like they are. Yeah. I'm curious to see what we end up doing this season. If it's another first round exit, some big, you have to move Brown. Gotta be made. Like I text you all the time saying like, I just, I hope they lose. Like, like losing is better because then that would force change i i'm like terrified of the hamster wheel and i i wouldn't be surprised if it's just like i honestly wouldn't be surprised if we lose the play-in game or when i so we win the play-in game in a blowout look great like last year mm-hmm. get gentlemen swept in the first round we steal one win because tatum has like a 50 point i don't know and then we just get swept, gentlemen swept four to one, and we go into next year like, all right, let's run it back. We're just gonna make a few minor tweaks to the roster, and uh, and then all of a sudden we'll be like a one seed and great. And then the same thing will happen. And then it's like it's gonna be inevitable. I don't know why you wouldn't just take big swings while you can. It's yeah. it's weird not to when you're a five hundred team. Like so, it's been two years of Tatum and Brown, like a hundred, what hundred. 40 games at this point of them is like the focal points and we're literally 500 like we're maybe two games a, a game above 500 and 140 games like that's not enough that's not enough of like a sample size to maybe all come to an agreement that this won't work because no one else can get going ever it's too bad we gave you doka a five-year contract as well <laughs> yeah do you think he's good like uh, i haven't been impressed no yeah like I, I don't see it and he he doesn't have the the presence you know like there's i feel like there's a presence guys have on the sideline where it's like you feel a lot more <laughs> i mean it looked like- secure and how they're gonna be and like you know they're gonna be well coached he, he just kind of stands there he doesn't do anything i feel like he never even opens his mouth I mean, brad had more presence his rookie season than this I mean- guy did <laughs> After watching a half season of Yodoka, I did not appreciate Brad as much as I should have. He was an unbelievable coach. Yeah. Great in game coach. We were he was a great playoff coach because he was so prepared. Like the game plan everyone was always wondering everyone thought we got so lucky in all those series. It was basically coaching wins. Cause he would just he would game plan every series and take out the best players. We did the wall against the Bucks. We doubled Joel Embiid like we forced Simmons to like be open at the perimeter and like not let him drive like that we just we always had like a special game plan for each team and it like it always brought us to at least the seventh game in the series and it was basically coaching like it wasn't like talent 
Like we had more, we have more talent now than we had then. And we were making game seven in the ECF and people will just say, yeah, the East was a lot worse, which, you know, I guess it was, but like you still have to win those games against NBA players. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was a good, uh, Sixers team. They beat in the second round in five games in 2018. Yeah. That was a great team. Like, uh, and every game was close and, we executed down the line in every one because I feel like we had the right game plan in play. And it was like safe shots, good defense, don't make any big mistakes, that kind of thing, you know? It was same thing with the Bucks. That Bucks team was probably a lot better than us. But, you know, they had a bad coach. And we had a good coach. And they just couldn't get out of their own way, basically. Right. Jason Kidd. Good guy. Yeah, it was the year that Kidd got fired, right? Yep, that was... He, I think he was like texting Giannis, like, "Hey, tell them that you want me. Tell yeah. them to fire me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we went through that gauntlet of Jason Kidd and Brett Brown. Like it was like not good. Like Brad exposed those guys. Oh, big time. Um, let's see. Two players I think are probably gonna get moved are Eric Gordon. And Terrence Ross. I think more so Eric Gordon, since he's just, he has no use on the Rockets anymore. Where do you think he might end up? Eric Gordon. Hmm. The Cavs just got Levert. Mm-hmm. So that would be off the table. It would have to be like a, a playoff team. Yeah, like a decent contender, right? Because why would a team that's struggling get a bloated contract like that you know what if that's what the lakers end up doing the old i think Hort- horton tucker kendrick nunn Kong. can they ma- that that can match like they they can i feel like they'd have to pile together a bunch of contracts for that to work i think none is nine million and then none is five million so it's getting close close Gordon's around 18, so, you know, maybe you throw in DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Can he just go away? Like, how is he still getting millions of dollars? Seriously. Like, so frustrating. Once the Nets traded him. Like, he was done on the Nets. Yeah, he was on the Nets because he was buddies with the guys, not because right. he could play. And it's amazing that, like, his career continued after that. Like, that should have been the end of the road, like you said. I might go to the Nets-Celtics game tomorrow if tickets oh, nice. are cheap enough. Because they were down to like $30. Yeah, there. ticket prices are ridiculous right now. It's like to go to a Celtics game on some nights, you can pay 10 bucks. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I wish I still lived in Boston. Jeez. Well, I mean, no one wants to go to the games. It's it's yeah, that, that's just not a fun team to watch. No. That's like the big, and the ownership is probably like, fuck this. We're not paying luxury tax for oh, no a team that garners like 75% capacity, if that. You know, like they're they're not going to do that. No way. If they were a real contender and there was real p- interest in the city, like you'd be like, you'd be shocked at how like little interest there is for the Celtics around here right now. Yeah. No, it's just, it's been a, pretty depressing team for most of the mm-hmm. season it's uh, even in this uh, run yeah everyone's skeptical still it's yeah, like there's I'm, no I'm there's no convinced. winning i'm not convinced well, but to answer your question i 
you know, I think I think the Lakers actually does make sense for him. I, I think like a team like Minnesota might be good for him. You know, I, yeah, maybe you Torian Prince, you swap him with that. Yeah, like you bring him back to New Orleans, maybe like these teams that are on like the bubble, like in bubble contention that like kind of need to win. Like they need to start building like a winning environment. Like as like dumb as it sounds, a playing win and advancing to the playoffs would be like huge for some of these teams. Right. So yeah, if like if a guy, Pelicans. yeah, like yeah, for Zion, like they need to make sure he's happy, mm-hmm. and like getting over the hump with a guy like him, I think that's like probably where he's going to end up. Probably one of those like um, playoff teams, but is more so a team that's on the play-in bubble and needs to win in the playoffs. But yeah. I, my trade that I want to see happen is Harrison Barnes. I feel so bad for Harrison oh, yeah, Barnes. Barnes. That's another guy that's probably going to get moved. I just saw him play last week. They need to move him for his sake. He's too good to be there. The Kings suck. It was a pretty sad, sad team to watch. I saw a lot of Damian Jones. More Damian Jones than I needed to watch. Yeah, I saw your video that you sent me. It was Halliburton bringing the ball up. Like he, he might be the one bright spot. Yeah, no, I in like their history. Yeah. So, um, gave me a question: Brogdon or Van Fleet? Oh yes, yes. God, I, I I was gonna bring that up when we were talking about uh, point guards with the Celtics. Um, yeah, those I really like those guys a lot. Those are like a couple of my favorite players in the league. It's like exactly what we need is is a guy like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It would be we'd be so good if we had a a point guard like if you we were able to keep smart and also bring in a point guard like that, like we'd be so so good. I know. I But I I prefer Van Vliet out of the two, definitely. Yeah, same. Same Van Vliet. Well he's an all star for the first time this year. And actually yeah, they just announced that uh Lamello is uh, all star replacement? Yeah. What? He'll Over replace... Brown? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, he'll replace injured forward Kevin Durant, according to Wow Hooprumors dot com. That's yeah. great for the Celtics because if Brown money. doesn't, yeah, if Brown doesn't make the All Star team, we save a lot of money. Yeah, I think yeah. we I think we save like two and a half million or something. So now we just can like dump off Bruno to get under the luxury, and then once we're out of the luxury, we can actually start making some real moves. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean that works for us. I mean feel bad for Brown, but you know it works out for us in the end. And how are they gonna do that to him after he had that dunk on Mo Bamba? You read... <laughs> right. Oh my god. Just eviscerated Mo. But uh, switching gears to. Our movie of the week, The Bees. Speaking Perf- of The Bees. Perfect movie for to transition from talking about the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> to then The Bees. I know that's the whole point. I'm kind of hitting the nail on the head yep. here, but it's just perfect. Well played by you. Yeah. Uh, it was, I could have done better on the transition, though. Talking <laughs> about the Hornets. Oh, well. The Bees... It's a movie from 1978. It stars John Saxon, David Carradine, and a bunch of other people. But Alex, I have a lot of questions. Why were they using light 
jazz music during the suspenseful scenes? I mean, why why was the dead body of the little kid who got stung by bees have shoes on when we clearly saw him go in the water barefoot when he drowned? I mean, why? I was why, laughing out loud at that scene. I mean, why why was the front door wide open when John Saxon was making out with that chick? Also, unreal. Why was, why was that chick uh, that he was making out with care to even go through the female protagonist's purse? I mean, why why did the female protagonist fall in love with John Saxon w- within days after losing her husband to the makes bees? no sense. Yeah, makes no sense. Why was that girl at the beach eating a donut in the bathroom? Also, <laughs> why did why did the movie Airplane use archive footage from this movie? Did you catch that? No, I never. I didn't. No. Okay. What? All right. So I I noticed it because I've seen Airplane like a dozen, many many times, and that scene with the plane crashing. Uh, I think it's like three-fourths in the movie. That plane that crashes, it looks mm-hmm. so familiar to me. And I was like, isn't that an airplane? Because there's a scene in Airplane where they're watching like an in-flight movie, and it's an airplane crashing, and that's what it was. I looked it up. It's like, oh, that's so oh, I'm random. so pissed that I didn't notice that. Wow, that was really good. Good find by you. Good catch. It's just from binge-watching Airplane so many times. I'm just like, I've seen this before, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was an Airplane. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it really was some movie. I mean, to answer your first question, it, it was weird because like it should have been like an Alfred Hitchcock-type movie, like The Birds, where it's like suspenseful music playing when the bees are swarming, but instead it's like, yeah, it's that weird like jazzy tone, which like... I don't know. It was just such an odd, a lot of odd choices. There's a lot of, I mean, maybe the craziest of all was that the bees were communicating with the humans. <laughs> I mean, that's just when it got, it was already a pretty ridiculous movie until. I mean, then. that was off the rails. And then it's just like, nah, we can, we can turn this up to 10. With David Carradine has figured out how to communicate, not David Carradine. Uh, John Saxon. No, John. Wait, well, which yeah, it was. was it? it was. Yeah, it was. It was Dave. Uh, no, it was. Um, John Carradine. John Carradine. Yeah, David Carradine's dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say because David Carradine is Bill. Kill Bill, and then Keith is obviously a big actor too, and I think John is their dad. Yeah. He was the guy at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's Doctor. I forget his name, but he's the guy who like learned how to communicate with them and like under he was sympathized with them that we were killing the planet <laughs> and he somehow was able to communicate with them and they were able to tell him that they want to share the planet instead of them just taking it over did you pick up on that there was like the humans had no choice at the end it was yeah, like yeah it, it was wasn't like, like, it was a, like we a go to war yeah it wasn't yeah, yeah it wasn't like a we go to war it was like the bees take over the humans or we live in like we share the world together. And I was like, isn't ends, there option B, option C? Yeah. yeah, option C where it's like we could just your your insects. We can just maybe <laughs> try to eradicate you guys from the planet. I don't. Yeah. No, that I was. I felt like I was on a different planet when the the world leaders were meeting and 
the bees bust into the the world the like nate like the nato meeting figuring out like what to do about these killer bees and <laughs> and the bees come in and john saxon and the girl like trying to tell everyone that like they're not gonna hurt you they're just here to negotiate a truce <laughs> and the bees are just flying around not killing anyone that was insanity yeah and then it just ends right there i was blown away it's i like, well, i thought that was, was a weirdly effective ending though like very 70s know. ending. Yeah, I, I liked the ending. ending. Just very I, abrupt. It was good. Uh, I thought it was like the best possible ending for that type of movie. Because yeah. it was so ridiculous. But it was like, it just ends and it's like, oh, so like the whole movie was about how we're like killing the environment and we're just like poisoning the environment and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's like basically it. But um, I don't know. I like... I always do the straw man argument, like people this, people that, but people laugh at this movie and like I enjoyed it. Like it's stupid as hell. I laugh. But B movies are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like laughing at these movies is awesome. B movies, like you know, like the Roger Corman movies, the Larry Cohen movies, like they're just great. Especially from this era. And I feel like that's like a lost art now. There's still some like Piranha and like Robert Rodriguez has done some and whatever. But like I don't know if you've seen like Sharknado, or if you've seen Zombievers, oh, yeah. or like yeah. Vel- Velocipaster, like have you seen that one? I haven't. Where the priest, the priest turns into, what? yeah, the priest turns into a Velociraptor. <laughs> that was a pretty cool one. Is that but a like, sci-fi there's like, movie? yeah, it's like no, it, no, not a sci-fi original. I don't think. I'm pretty sure that was just like a regular movie. But Zombievers was another great, fantastic yeah, Bill Burr one. Was in that Zombievers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Zombievers is great, and um, but there's like an art to that kind of movie where it's like so funny and stupid, but it's enjoyable. Like right. if I'm like sitting at home, I'm putting on the bees. I'm not putting on the power of the dog. Like I'm not trying to like fall asleep. I'm trying to enjoy the movie, you know? And right. Yeah. I, I, I'd love that era of like B movies. I think it's that this was great. I, uh, I couldn't quite put my finger on why it worked at first because I mean, there's, there's a lot of campy killer animal movies, and, you know, some of them are just like, eh, who cares? But I think I like this particular one because uh, everyone in the movie, well, maybe besides uh, John Carradine, was una- or unaware of, like, how bad and cheesy of a movie they were in. Like, the actors were playing scenes, like, very seriously. Either that or, like, the other people were just complete amateurs that were hired, like, from the street, and, you know, they were... The girl was an amateur, right? Like, I've never seen her in anything before, but she was maybe the worst actress I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Yes. I had actually seen her in one other thing. My dad, actually, my wife's cooking popcorn in the background, Um, my (laughs) dad, um got this dvd box set years ago and it's just of all like b horror movies i still haven't watched all of them but i started watching them because it looked the cover looked like it was mostly horror movies but then you start like watching some of the movies it it was basically softcore porn before softcore porn so they would Mm -hmm. play like these movies in like drive-ins and i don't know i guess like uh you know these these like husbands these you know single guys would just i don't know go to the drive-in and just like watch these in their car 
she was in one of the movies called The Teacher, and she played like a teacher that was, you know, fooling around with one of her students. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay. It's it's her. I mean, I didn't rec. I it was IMDb. Add that to the wa- the immediate <laughs> there, watch there list. There are so many ridiculous movies in that box set. I oh, it's I'll great though. I good ones with you. Like in all these podcasts you do, a lot of them are you know this type of vibe. Like this, like not they're not all B movies, but they're like you know, a little in the weeds. I don't really know how to totally, totally describe it. Like below, like the the classy type, like mainstream movies that everyone oh, seems yeah. to talk about. Like I enjoy these movies far more, for the most part. Like obviously they're still like they're not technically better, like just technically speaking, when it comes to like the directors and the writing and the dialogue and um, like the action sequences, the the amount of money they put into it, like the production quality, like all that stuff is obviously like not on par, but like just enjoyability, it it's right on par. Yeah, it's. I mean, the acting's not the greatest, although I like John Saxon. John Saxon's fantastic. Yeah, I wanted good. to talk about him. Yes, and I I love. He even did a little kung fu in the movie. You know, he was in Enter the Enter Dragon, the Dragon. Yeah, he was good in Enter the Dragon. And then, I mean, the first movie I ever saw him in was Nightmare on Elm Street. That's where I knew him. Of course. The, the cop. Yes. Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the Cronenberg movie Fast Company? Oh, I never um, saw that. Yeah, that was that was a good one. And have you seen Tarantino's CSI episode? Um, no. where Ni- Did you, you watch CSI, right? I never really got into it. I, I was aware that he did, a, a, did direct an episode, though. He made this episode called Grave Danger, and it's about this serial bomber. And um, the bomber is angry that the CSI has fucked up his daughter's investigation. She's behind bars, like, even though she didn't commit the crime based on, like, their findings, their incorrect evidence. And John Saxon plays the serial bomber who's, like, avenging his daughter, and he kidnaps Stokes and buries him into a coffin, like, in Kill Bill, like, the buried alive type thing. Oh, jeez. And... He is so great. He's in one scene of the episode, like on camera at the very end with Grissom. And it's like probably my favorite bad guy moment in any TV show. Like he is so fucking good in that episode. It's unbelievable. Like I think he's a really, really underrated actor. And he's also in From Dust Till Dawn in a small role, right. um, a small funny role. And I don't know. I, I'm i just a big fan of the actors like that. And it's pretty like, you know, Tarantino, like anyone he probably had a lot of guys who would have wanted to play that role it's a great role in that csi episode and he chose him and, oh yeah he definitely handpicked him so it's yeah like it would have john been saxon. yeah like a john saxon doesn't get on just an episode of csi without being like specifically picked i'm sure they had a list of like 100 guys maybe more but you should watch that episode because his scene at the end is unbelievable he's so good yeah, CSI. It's not like you have to watch like the. the no, it's uh, yeah, to definitely not. It's, yeah, so yeah, that, it's a two-parter. He's he's, um, I won't like spoil like I didn't really spoil anything. Like it's pretty like it's pretty straightforward at the first scene of the sh- uh, episode, but um, he's he's really great in it. I rec- recommend watching it because that's not even like he leaves and then like there's still a lot more to the story. So I recommend that to anyone watching. I hope I didn't spoil it too bad. I just wanted to get 
make clear how how good he was in that because I don't know if I've ever heard him being shouted out for that performance. So it was really good. Oh, yeah, he's, I mean, he just passed away a couple years ago. I was sad to hear that. I think it was right around the time the pandemic started. He actually he was in another movie I did. It was uh, called The Baby Doll Murders. It that wasn't that great of a movie. I'm pretty I think sure he did. That, he did a lot of these, right? He did a lot of these, yeah, like a lot of like B movies, direct to video, or yeah. Because he was made the star, you know, like he yeah. he wanted to be a movie star, and like that was, like I when I was doing the research for this, I think you would like this because we saw the movie together. But his career turned out how I think Rick Dalton's career would have turned out mm. if, like, from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like kept yep. going. Yep. Like, that's how his career would have gone. He would have done, like, all these B-movies, like, small roles in really big movies, and just been, like, generally respected, but not really, like, a superstar. Like, that's exactly how I see that character turning out to be, which I thought was pretty funny that you might like. Definitely, yeah. He, uh, I mean, he played this role completely serious, and, like, I kind of appreciate that. Like, I feel like nowadays, like, if it's, like, a sci-fi channel movie, you know, the lead actor probably be, like, a, you know, C-list star or whatever that they hire. Yeah, they ham it up. They'd probably be kind of, like, winking to the camera, like, yeah, I know this is so ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. Saxon's like, no, let's take it serious. Yeah, like Jerry O'Connell and Piranha was way too, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. not serious, you know? Like, you have to take it at least a little serious to yeah. for it to work. It just doesn't work otherwise. It's like, yeah, otherwise, what, are we, what are we all doing here? It takes you out of the movie, and, you know, the campiness doesn't work as well. Um, I compare this movie to uh, one of my favorite Animal Attack movies of all time. Might even be, like, up there. On one of my favorite movies. It's called Frogs from 1973. It has Sam Elliott in it, a very young Sam Elliott. Oh, wow. And basically, it's where every animal, insect, uh, stalks and kills guests um, from an, an extended family gathering on uh, 4th of July. It's like a, a large Floridian property. And it's just so ridiculous. It makes no sense because there's reptiles and other animals that aren't even native to Florida that are <laughs> that are killing these people one by one. Like one guest will go off in the woods and it'll get killed by like a cobra or something. And I don't know. It's just so weird. It's a decent, decent plot. Very weird. But like, I, I, I like that idea. There's just a certain charm to it. That. Like there has to be, there has to be a plausible reason for the animals to revolt, mm-hmm. because otherwise I just don't buy it because they don't. Animals never revolt. They could take us over in two seconds if they wanted to, but they they just don't really want to. Yeah, they don't like, have the brain power. Yeah, I love. Like <laughs> I gotta watch that one. I just definitely added that one in here, but it's like plausible. But I guess that is like without the animals being native to the territory, it's like ridiculous. Like what's great about like the bees and. I don't know if you saw the Michael Douglas movie with the lions or um, like any any of these like animal killer movies like the lions. And I forget. It's like the I forget what that one's called. Yeah. Michael Douglas movie. Yeah, it's Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. It was um, written by Goldman, actually, William Goldman. Um, 
I'm gonna look it up right now just because I wanna make sure I get that recommendation across here. But um, anyways, it's like they're ghosts in the darkness. It was about these lions that were actual man-eating lions in Africa, and they were terrorizing like this railroad company. It's a really good movie. You should watch that one too. But um, oh. it's not as much of a B movie. It's more of like a mainstream movie because it's Goldman. It's you know it's um, oh yeah, yeah. Michael Douglas. Heard of this? And it's Stephen really good. Hopkins directed this. Do you know what uh, Stephen Hopkins also directed? A Nightmare on Elm Street Five. No way, really. Dream Child. Yep. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. I was just trying to think. I, and, um, and, oh yeah, he did Predator Two as well. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> wow. I didn't realize he did Dream Child. Yeah. That but anyways, means... but it, it's good when like the animals have like you know some plausibility in there. Like they those lions were just they like to eat humans and they like, it was a true story. So it was like based on a true story, like the bees, it's ridiculous, but there actually was like a bee phenomenon in the seventies and people were like legit afraid of them. Cause there was right. like, there was a real hybridization of bees back then. Like they roided bees to make honey. And they thought that all these killer bees were going to come from South America and kill all the Americans in the seventies. Like it was a real fear. Yeah. So like I I like that it has like that kind of backdrop to it where it's not just like Sharknado like sharks spinning around in tornadoes or like big ass spider where it's like just this ridiculous stuff. You were laughing at like every bee kill right like every single time like when the guy flipped over the bench when he was getting eaten by the bees. <laughs> that like, was I in was... my notes. I forgot to mention it. Like why do you have to flip over a bench? <laughs> I was rolling around laughing like. And then it there's was like a hysterical. guy riding his bike and he crashes in the trash cans. Yeah, that was, was so that random. Necessary? Yeah, that was so random. I noticed that too. I was like, why is that happening? Like, why are the trash cans there? Couldn't the bees just take him off the bike? Like, And then there was a kid over. running away and you could see like a car coming down the street. And I was like, yes, this is going to happen. <laughs> and the car is going to hit him in the middle of the street. That would be amazing. But nah. A lot of kids getting like destroyed. Kids were getting ghosted left and right by those bees. It was the the I didn't. What were so the dad and the son at the beginning? They were trying to steal stuff. They were stealing the honey. They were stealing yeah. the honey, and then they the, but the they honey. didn't realize that they were just going to get killed by all the bees. I guess they thought they had enough smoke to to steer them away, and nope. That was so funny when they were getting chased around. But the kid, he he jumps in the water barefoot, and then later on, like. You know, the whole village comes, including the dad saying, like, you killed my son. He's holding, like, his, you know, the corpse of his son. But there's there's shoes on the corpse. And then oh, the guy who fell out the window as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, also, and like, how did bees only get in his cupboard? Wouldn't they be, like, flying around everywhere in the room if they got in the room? They were just, like, hiding they, out, waiting for him? They can't close. They can't go in and then close the door behind them, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, there there were a lot of, like, weird things where it was, like, so overdramatic. Like, because bees wouldn't just do that. But I think I decided that the funny... Well, another funny part was when the doctor at the beginning was getting eaten outside and he was, like, convulsing. And the wife was just watching him get chowed by the bees. <laughs> Why did they kill him? I thought he was like the communicator. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess they were mad. He's like, "Oh, it's your fault that you you have all the bees that killed the boy." And then they <laughs> they just looted his house, too. <laughs> like, they ah, were pillaging. This. Yeah. 
that was so that was so weird and the villagers just started pillaging his house like mm-hmm. that was strange but i guess the ha- like the guy at the white house like like calling in a hit <laughs> <laughs> that was something there's a lot of something moments in this <laughs> movie i i think my favorite part though that i decided was when for whatever reason they're John Saxon and the girl are like talking to the bees and he's like, Oh, like you, I've, you like, um, we were, I've learned from like doctor, whatever that like this and this and this, he was like explaining something to the bees and the bees were listening. And then he was like talking in a normal volume, like an actor. And then she just jumps in and like starts screaming her lines. Like for like, not a lot of re- like she, it was like the, the pitch was just so different than his. It was so strange. Like her, her choices were just really weird. Yeah. This this was a gem. I'm giving it the Alice rating. Three mm. out of four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would I agree with like that. This would be a great movie to throw on at like a party or something like that. I mean, not not if you're actually watching it, but just like in the background. Yeah, it's even it's with super the funny. volume off. Yeah, it's like I would get the same enjoyability out of this, like get out of like the happening where like you're laughing at how stupid it is, like especially when the bees are flying around and it's like, what is what do you think they used for the bees? I don't know. It looks like a drawing or something. (laughs) Like, yeah, that was strange. That was a weird effect. Did you know it looked like like snow or like ash? Oh, Oh, for the I thought you meant when they had the clouds in the sky. Um, oh no no no! I don't know what the hell they probably painted that. Um, I think uh, now I actually I heard they used some real bees, but took off the stingers because so, like it, you can't fake bees like that. Um, yeah, because there, there are bees the, landing on them and stuff, so yeah. like those had to be real. But like when the, when it, like the common shot was like the the flutteriness around them. Yeah, I'm like, sure. I, I didn't know. I couldn't put my finger on what that was. It's probably like you know. Like it's, it's amazing. Like they had PAs like cutting up small pieces. Of oh paper. God, being a PA on that movie would be <laughs> probably the worst experience ever. All right, put away the bees now. <laughs> we on, need. We're them. paying you a buck fifty an hour. <laughs> and then the amount they had to use for the the world leaders, the 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 NATO meeting, whatever the fuck that was. What what was even going on there? So the the doctors were just debriefing like every world leader about the bees because i saw india there like india was there like japan was there why would you have to bring a jar of bees and why would you have to unleash them as well yeah yeah it was 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 almost like they were working it was like it turned into willard like it would have been cool if it turned into like a willard type thing where that he just john saxon became like the commander of the bees and he just became like the the heavy and they had to like find out a way to kill him and then kill all the bees with him. That would have been pretty cool. But instead we got them just negotiating terms to sharing the the world. Yeah. I give the Alice rating. That's a good one. So everyone has to watch it now. Yep. Yep. It's on YouTube. It's yeah, free. That, that's like the funny. Like I love when those movies are on YouTube. It's like so no one even owns this movie. Like. No wonder why it was an airplane. They probably didn't even have to pay for that to be an airplane. Yeah, 
the, the copyright owner probably lives in a shack in like Nova Scotia or something. They I don't even know they own stunned. the movie probably. I'd be stunned if those companies didn't go defunct like a year later. You imagine like this company like hiring people like t- you got to take off all the crappy movies we produced in the seventies. We're losing valuable dollars. <laughs> people could be buying this on Amazon. Oh my god, I, I I actually would be interested in maybe buying the DVD for this movie. Just I have the Zombievers DVD. I should I should start up a little. I gotta see what other ones I have. These like dumb monster movies. Let's see the bees blue. I I would be stunned if it was on Blu-ray. Blown away. Is that it? That might be it. That might be it. Yes, yes, it's on Blu-ray. Wow. Wow, it actually has like a new cover and everything. I'm telling you, like. I don't know. Some of these movies have just had a resurgence on Blu-ray where, like, these horror collectors will just, like, snatch them up. I love the DVD market. I, I hope it kind of comes back. I yeah, I really got I have my Xbox so I can play DVDs on that, but I really got to purchase, like, a nice DVD player and kind of take advantage of all the DVDs I have. I know you have, like, a shit fuck ton of DVDs. Not as much as I used to. I sold a lot of my collection years ago, unfortunately. But I, I've been slowly tinkering into getting the Blu-rays as well. Yeah, and you used to always Netflix movies, like rent them. Like I remember probably a lot of the stuff you've seen because I think you brought over River's Edge and The Wicker Man, like the, the Netflix envelopes. Yeah, that, that was – The Wicker Man was from Netflix. That was from – my uh, my old Netflix list back when it you made an order and then yep the queue the queue yeah the queue yeah. and then it would if you had had certain movies up on top it's like okay we'll send you that DVD next yep and now that that was really cool that's not even like a thing anymore I don't even know if they do the DVD service I don't think they do I think they stopped it yeah and now. Here's some kid. Yo, check it. Hey, yo. Who could take a single buck, an empty cup, a stroke of luck? Fuck around and reconstruct it up to a million bucks. In God we trust, every part of us is marvelous. You crusty crab squad, y'all were rust, y'all ain't hard enough. Demolition expert, I excerpt through your network while the text work jerk. There's holes inside your sweatshirt through your apparel, through your blood, through your bone mouth. Precise with this mic device, slice your pie like some barrels. You're falling, nigga, and you can't get up. You've been stalling, motherfucker, now your ass is stuck. Brooklyn Browns, little baby, stay with the killer hill crazy. Ankle strapped above the boot, it conceals my 380. While you running for this money, money, hunting eggs like Easter Bunny. Geeks trying to beast upon me, freak. I will eat a zombie. Charming double while you jumping through these hurdles, silly rabbit. The race is always won by the turtle, mental machinery. Purple herbal mixed with that greenery. I don't write songs, grasshopper, I write sceneries. Everything and what it seems to be, what it means to you, it don't mean to me. This is a steam from the chill. God, I trust, now nah, I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees In God, I trust, now nah, I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees In God, I trust, now nah, I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees 
trust now, I don't give no fucks. Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees on them. Stings, bitch. I pass any test of litmus, I woke out at 24 fitness On the weekends, I sip beverage, deal with that citrus My dogs is vicious, exotic nymphal gore for the mistress Life is good, I live every day like it's Christmas Happy New Year, I does what the fuck I wanna do here I splash that Gucci shit from the shirt to the shoe wear Crush the rings out, wife beat her tea with the wings out Long dick stamina, I fuck a bird till she sings out La 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 la, Bobby cook a root, Lady Gaga Back the head of O-Sexual, I'm classic like Empire Plus I'm federal when it comes to making dollars Like a chigga nigga man, if you hear me then holla Gold rings like the Green Lantern, you see me in the mean phantom Pushing over there in Ohio outside of Canton Or maybe in the grotty rugged projects of Staten Tore red bone in my shower, she looking like Paula Patton God I trust, now I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees In God I trust, now I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them I trust now, I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees God, I trust now, I don't give no fucks Dropping them, them, them motherfucking bees on Stains, bitch Son, roll around Do you hear me? Roll around on the ground Forget that, I'm starting to swell up Save yourself Don't be the hero Frank, allergic to bees me too. They're huge and they're staying crazy. We'll, we'll come back later and check on you. Yeah, in a while. Save yourself. Your firearms are useless against them. One. On home plates, we ball off the base, hit it and run Body heavy metal, better only travel on frowning horses Inhale the forest, fled the house of a thousand corpses Housing my name in your mouth, forget your John Booth I let myself out of my jail, cause I'm the truth Eyes shimmer like rivers of broken bottles of Smirnoff Success is a sound splash from windows, spilling off Stealing boss from a local cough, death on mogul's calls Skin clicks like 18 bronze men in the halls The seeds of my cold blood travel through deep Veins. Grew up in no hands, arms with spike ball and chain The hills have eyes, they saw me escape the high Keep my blowgun shirt on your back until you die Voice squirt cyanide, crack open a winter sky For cash I need a ski mask and a Rambo knife Hike on clouds, look south, watch the city rumble From a million hunger pains and those bees that bumble I'm filled with screams that I could never let slip They say it a poet and madman, we all have a bit Yeah, yeah 
Who in the world could spit it like me? Unlikely. Shiesty for that mic piece. My clan deep, no white sheets. White beaters and night sneaks. Skeet on thievers who treat us like black Jesus and feeders. Tahitian cleavers with features that keep me beating. They beat us. We cheddar predators, veterans. Trendsetters who better win. Under pressure, could better lines. Prime timers like Letterman. That just shine in a second. Yeah, I'm a cop and not Edison. Say you sick with the rhymes, but then I'ma vomit the medicine. Bomb atomic like deck over beats like impeach the president. Say the beef for your freaks. It ain't nothing sweet and they never been. If you keep it at peace, I won't have the level your residence Better to chill, nigga, take a breather, let it settle in Need the speed of a cheetah with feet as big as an elephant's Ammo like John Rambo to stand a chance in my element Handle hammers with elegance, damage the camera's evidence Ammo that dismantle limbs where you stand is irrelevant And fuck your videos, I only watch channels, not the mainstream My sheephold canisters and manuals and daydreams Brit of water, filter slaughter, chop the broccoli sloppy My habit's insane, performing in audio topsy Cotton grown, testosterone, got glocks for bones Drink a Marshall H2O, think harsh darts and throw Maybe blow poison tips, razor tits, sour as lemon sticks My fetish is wet pussy with splatter patterns I'm dark like Rouge Park murders under camera lanterns Sharp as a thorn on a rose from your ex-wife Sly as a sleuth with a slip knot on your windpipe Lynch mic stands, I got a weather vane, mind bend Laugh is like rubies, it dances on the vile winds I live probably like the Mothman prophecy Ferment like winery, Iliad be my odyssey We puff crimson and drink marble from lead pipes Run for daylight like Peyton from Jake's on gray nights When the block's hot, I stare with my heart frozen Clap like a thousand books closing And pop loud as a thousand rosaries broken Wove gold wind in the silver clouds of sativa Word to Solomon, love Sheba down to her amoeba What's good? <laughs> Let him know. Yeah. What's up with the future though, you know what I mean? One plan and divine man, spirituality. You know what I mean? Practice. I got my head on right, bro, you know? One look, one kiss, one feel, one love. Two hearts, two souls, two roads, two of us. One plan. One plan. Yo. Yo, let's toast, duck behind the walls of my mind Let's elope, I compose a written rose with these lines I know you sit by the phone, hope your finger hold a ring Even when the throne don't shine, you always a queen Your walls bleed my sound, rain cascade down She ride, I hold it open, see we love spellbound I'm from gun rule, where flowers don't grow, only the trees I mold the globe like holding bowls of pottery Honor me, five-fifths of man dealt a different hand With specific plans to own my own strips of land Your eyes glow like the cosmic, she responded Smile like the winds of Egypt, notice the sweet lips Love your brown shade, can I write you a serenade? Walk in purple rain and talk amongst the floodplains My campaign remains to overflow your chains In the ravines of life, I plan to dive deep slide And swim laps in your synapse Pin back your legs till your walls collapse I slide through There ain't nothing I wouldn't do for you I know you would die for me So I would die for you See I would give this all up If you would ask me to Relax my mind Knowing that you got me boo You my king I'm your queen You my son I'm your earth Words can't even express How much our love is worth Disperse flows to express My heavenly bliss I feel blessed to possess A true love like this 
Yo, she cool though, she know I wear a hoodie to a funeral Blow a few at you-know-who, we travel like the news house paradise Share a slice, Jamaica Fahrenheit As a man, I stare right to the course of the sun Only happiness in life is to love and be loved One morning we can pause on the balcony, warm weather Alone in the world and watch our future together Your eyes be as wide as the heavens, I travel through you Standing timeless moments, go potent from the voodoo Thighs tremble, she crashed just like the symbol. I might just ask you to buy a woo tattoo. Let the clouds blanket you in my kingdom. Hold a grenade pin with a jealous man's engine. It's tension when it's pressure applied. Nobody fits your apron, ass shaking when you ride. You ain't gotta think twice, you my prize for life I thank the highest for this gift, every morning I rise Look into your eyes, I can see eternity You turning me on with your sweet words So I dedicate this verse to you Cause this is what you deserve, nothing less But the best, I give you all the meat plus ecstasy Whenever we be making L-O-V-E Baby, you got me going crazy And you know I love it when you call me a lady